Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21 this morning. If you're using the Pew Bible, that's page 820, 820 in the Pew Bible. And I'd encourage you to turn there and follow along this morning. Now, many of you will be familiar with the story of Abraham's call to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Just a little bit of background. The Lord had given to Abraham and his wife, Sarah, a son in their old age. It was a miracle birth to fulfill the covenant promise that God had made to Abraham that he would raise up a nation from this barren couple in their old age. However, when the boy had grown, the Lord called Abraham to do something unthinkable. He called him to sacrifice his son Isaac as an act of faith. As the book of Genesis records this event, Isaac, walking alongside his father as they're about to offer a sacrifice, asked his father, behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. The Lord will provide. Abraham did not know how, but his faith to obey the call of God was rooted in his trust that the Lord would provide for him. And just as he was ready to sacrifice his son Isaac, his son was bound, knife was held in the air, ready to come down to follow the call of God. Abraham hears the words, stop. And the Lord provided a ram as a substitute sacrifice. The Lord provides a sacrifice to bring life where there would be death. And it is here that the Word of God identifies the Lord by the name Jehovah Jireh. That is, the Lord will provide. For the Lord provides all that His people need for life and for life everlasting. This truth finds its greatest fulfillment in God's provision of His Son Jesus Christ as a sacrifice a substitute to die for the sin of His people, where His people should have been the ones that received the penalty of of death. God the Father provided salvation to all who place their faith in Christ and trust His provision. And in our passage for this morning, as we turn to the Gospel of Matthew, here we see that the Lord Jesus brings provision in the feeding of the 5,000. That He multiplies the loaves and the fishes to provide for the needs of those who trust in Him. There have been times in my life when I needed the Lord to provide. And some of these times might not seem very miraculous. They might seem small. But they're miraculous to me. And in my experience, one time in particular, I was planning the annual Christmas dinner for the church I pastored in South Carolina before I came here, Overbrook Presbyterian Church. And it was the tradition for me to make taco salad for the event. 
and to plan a few Christmas-themed activities. So instead of putting together a Bible study or some theological study, I would put together taco salad. I would go to Walmart, I'd buy the meat, I would cook it throughout the day and prepare a meal for the people. Now, most years we had about 35 people that would attend this Wednesday night celebration. But on this year, over 70 people came. I don't even know where they came from. They just showed up. And I was overjoyed. Lord, you've provided all these people to come. And I was horrified because I had planned for about half that number. I wanted our guests to feel welcome. I wanted them to know that this was an inviting place. However, nothing says you don't belong here like an empty plate. As we served dinner, I was praying that the Lord would stretch the food that I had prepared so that everyone could have their fill. With each scoop of taco meat, I was more and more nervous. And yet, despite my fear, though there was more people than I had planned for, the Lord provided for everyone. And again, this might seem a small, paltry example of the Lord's provision. However, it was not the stretching of taco salad that was so important in the situation. Rather, it was having my eyes open to the reality that the Lord cares and provides even for the smallest aspects of my life. It was the experience of God's grace to provide what I could not provide on my own. You see, God cares enough about His people to give them the little things that we need in our life. And He is powerful enough to give His people impossible things. He is so abundant in all that He gives that He satisfies His people completely. And this is what we come to see as we come to the Word of God this morning. That in all His giving, God graciously satisfies His people through leading them to His Son, Jesus Christ. So hear now the word of the Lord, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, beginning in verse 13. Now, when Jesus heard this, He withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by Himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed Him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5000 men besides women and children. This is God's holy word for us, his people. Let us pray. 
O Almighty God, You teach us in Your Word, and we experience it in our lives, that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so we bless You this morning, that before us is Your very Word spoken to us. We pray that You would feed our souls, that You would give to us Your Spirit in such abundance that Your Word, which is truth, might be life and fullness to us. May we be satisfied as we feast upon the abundance that You have given to us in Christ. It's in His holy name that we do pray. Amen. As we begin our text this morning, we see that we are beginning in the middle of the story. Look down there at verse 13. It says, now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place. But you haven't read before, you don't know what the this is. What is it that Jesus has just heard? What has made it so that he is withdrawn to a desolate place to be by himself? Well, if you look up one section in your Bible, what you see there is that Jesus has just heard that his cousin John has been beheaded by Herod. John had been an ally in ministry. He had gone to prepare the way before Jesus that he could come as the Christ. And as for his his ministry, he was killed. This is what Jesus just heard. Your friend, your partner, your cousin has just been killed. And I think that we could all understand why it is that Jesus was retreating to a desolate place to be by himself. He needed time to grieve the loss of his friend, of his cousin. And so the text says that he withdrew, that he went to a desolate place to be alone because he needed space. But Jesus is afforded no such luxury. Look at what happens to his retreat. Verses 13 through 14. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them and healed their sick. With compassion, not looking to his own needs, Jesus provides for his people. We see this displayed in three ways in particular. How Jesus cares for the needs of his people in a compassionate manner. First, he does it in a self-sacrificing way. You see, I think that if I were in Jesus' situation, I would have said, hey, Go away. Stop hassling me. I didn't withdraw to a desolate place to meet with a bunch of people, right? I went to a desolate place to be alone. Why did you come out here? This is my week off. Call the office, leave a message. Janet will get back to you. But what does he do? Well, he welcomes them. He sacrifices his needed retreat for the good of those who needed his help. And we need to see that this is the way that Jesus provides for his people. 
He sacrifices Himself for them. He's never too busy for their needs. He's never unwilling to welcome His people into His presence and to take care of them. He is never irritated with a needy people. Rather, He welcomes them. He cares for them. And ultimately, Christ gives His whole life to meet the needs of His people. Not only does He show His compassion by sacrificing His own needs and time, but He also shows compassion by, need, by meeting the needs of those who come to Him. The text says that He healed those who needed healing. In the parallel text in the Gospel of Luke, it says that He preached to them, He spoke to them of the kingdom of God. The compassion of Christ is not an empty compassion. He actually provides for the needs of the people who come to Him through word and deed. He feeds their souls with His preaching. He heals their bodies by His word of power. Jesus could have sent them away. He could have said, the shop is closed for tonight. But instead, He compassionately serves them. Have you ever arrived at a restaurant about ten minutes before they are to be closed and have them turn you away. You're like, oh, I got here on time. And they're like, no, nope, sorry, not tonight. We all know that showing up at the last minute is a hassle for the whole wait staff who want to go home. But we see that Jesus never turns those away who come to him. He will always receive them and care for their needs. Other times the restaurant will stay open. But you get bad service and there's no telling what they did to your food before you got it. Show you to tell you to show up late. But the way Jesus serves his people is not begrudgingly. It's always compassionately self-sacrificing. The third thing that we see in our text about the way that the Lord Jesus compassionately gives them to them is that He provides for them. The people came out to Jesus. They interrupt Him. They demand from Him. But He seeks to provide for them nonetheless. The hour grows late. They grow hungry. Jesus could have sent them away. He could have said, go find your own food. You're the ones who came out here. Why, did, why don't you go and find something to eat on your own? Or why didn't you make a plan? You came out here. You could have packed your own lunch. Why did you follow me out here and not provide for yourself? But again, we see his understanding ways with his people. Sometimes we get the impression that our God is short-tempered or that if we're not perfect, we will not be welcomed by Him. We see the hardships that we have brought upon ourselves, the mistakes that we have made, and we realize that we are needy and that we need the Lord to come and move in our lives because of our own actions. And so we are hesitant to go into His presence. We think, okay, first I need to get this figured out. I need to get this sin. I need to get this problem solved. And then I can go to God. Because I'm in this predicament because of my own decisions. But that is the opposite of what is communicated in our text for this morning. We have a Savior who gives of Himself, who provides for our needs, and does it all in an understanding nature, not begrudgingly, but graciously giving to those who got themselves in this situation. 
Do you have some need this season? Something that you think is too small for God to care for? Or maybe it's on the other end of the spectrum. Something that is so large that is your own fault and you just can't get yourself to come to the Lord with it. You never have to worry that the Lord will send you away. The Lord is merciful and full of compassion. He does not treat us according to what we deserve, but rather He accepts all of those who come to Him with their needs through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ compassionately provides for the needs of His people. So come to Him. Now, not only is Jesus compassionate in His provision, we also see in our text that He is powerful. He is powerful in His provision. That is, He can give us what we cannot provide on our own. There was a show a few years ago on the Food Network called Dinner Impossible. It wasn't that good of a show. I guess that's why they canceled it. But the premise of the show is that a chef is given a nearly impossible task to create a meal in a limited amount of time. And though in one episode, Chef Robert Irvine is given 10 hours to create and prepare a meal for 2,000 guests at an MBA fundraiser. He has to plan the menu, buy the food, cook the food, plate the food, and get it out to the guests on time. And you never know if he will be able to do it until the very end of the show at the last minute. And in our text, we have a true dinner impossible challenge that is given to the disciples. Look down at verses 15 through 17. There it says, now when it was evening, the disciples came to him, that's to Jesus, and said, this is a desolate place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we only have five loaves here and two fish. You see, Jesus gives an impossible task to his disciples. Feed these needy people. But they can't. And here he is reminding them that they can do nothing apart from him. For without the power of Christ to provide, this is dinner impossible. And this is the way of ministry. You see, essentially my job as a pastor is to give to you, the people, something that I don't possess. And this is the job of every one of our pastors. Anyone who seeks to minister in the church whether it is through teaching or whether it is through serving, are asked to do something that they're unable to do on their own. And if you are serving your family or your neighbors or your friends, you are faced with this reality. Your task is impossible. Even as the Apostle Paul asks of the demands of ministry, who is sufficient for these things? Who can meet all the needs of the human heart? Who can provide for what it is that we need? It is mission impossible. Now, this reality can be discouraging or it can be the most liberating and exciting aspect of ministry there is. That it's not according to your power that the work of the kingdom is accomplished. It is by the power of Christ 
that is accomplished. It's not according to your power that you will provide for the needs of your family or that you'll provide for the needs of your neighbors. It's according to the power of God. I'm not going to serve as your savior. Neither is Pastor Ron or Pastor Brett or Pastor Shane or Pastor Mike. Neither is your dad or your mom or your grandparents going to be able to be your savior to provide for the needs that you have in your life. Nor your favorite theological teacher or pastor. What is being communicated here is that Christ alone can powerfully provide for the needs of the human heart. And so as those who are called to minister, we have freedom. And those who are in need, we are directed to the source of our provision, which is Christ alone. You see, it's out of this impossible situation that we see the powerful provision of of Christ. Look down at your text starting in verse 18. Jesus says, "Bring them here to me." Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing, then he broke the loaves, gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. Now there are some who like to try and get around the miracle side of this miracle. They say that because someone shared their loaves and their fishes that everyone decided to share what they had. I've even heard a pastor preach that about this text. Oh, that's so nice. The disciples shared their lunch. Let's all share what we have and everyone will have plenty of food. But this is completely false. The loaves and the fish represent the poverty of the crowd. That's all that they had. There was nothing more. There is nothing that we have to provide for the needs of those who come to Christ. This is a story about a hungry people who have nothing and a sovereign God who has everything. And Jesus is the one who brings the provision of God the Father to His children. He miraculously multiplies the bread and the fish so that all have more than enough to eat. And that's what we are called to understand in this text. That we need to see ourselves as absolutely needy. And that Christ alone can fill that need. Have you found yourself in an impossible situation? You have thought through and investigated every avenue to see, to see how you can get out. And there is no way out. Maybe it's a relational situation. You have a conflict within your family that has festered for years and there's no hope for peace. Maybe you've struggled with an addiction to alcohol or pornography and you've tried over and over and over again to quit, but you just can't seem to break free. Whatever impossible situation you find yourself in at this moment, know that our compassionate and powerful God will deliver you. More than that, though, Jesus provides for our deepest need of salvation. For we were all a people dead in our sins, deserving God's righteous punishment. 
But Jesus powerfully provides for our needs by His sacrificial death on the cross. And He offers us eternal life. All those who come to Him in faith and trust in His provision and not their own. You see, what we learn as we read of the multiplication of the loaves and the fish is that there is no situation that is impossible for Christ to provide for our needs. The third aspect of Christ's provision that we see in our text is that it's satisfying. He's compassionate in providing for our needs. He's powerful in providing for our needs. And He satisfies us. Look at verse 20. There it says, And they all ate and were satisfied. Reminds me of an episode of the Cosby Show. I used to watch that when I was young. When Cliff was on a diet, as he often was, trying to fruitlessly lose weight. And after a day of salad and vegetables, he lay in bed next to his wife, Claire, and he says, oh, it feels so good to eat healthy. My blood is flowing cleaner. My body is feeling better. And you know what else? I'm really hungry. I want real food. I want meat and cheese and potatoes. Cliff wasn't satisfied with his meal. It didn't give him what he truly was longing for. And I think that some of us feel this way about coming to Christ with our needs, right? You think, yeah, I know that's what I'm supposed to do, like eating vegetables and salad. Ah, That's probably what I should do. But then you think to yourself, but I'm going to miss out on so much. Should I really go and follow after Christ and trust that He will provide for me? Will I really be satisfied with Him? But that which the Father gives to us in Christ is what will satisfy. The people were hungry. And through the powerful working of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, satisfying food was provided. And in your life, Jesus will give you what you need to be truly satisfied. You see, we must understand, this isn't teaching us that God is a genie in a bottle waiting to fulfill our desires. That that's how He satisfies us. It's not that He is Santa Claus asking you to come up onto His lap so that you can whisper in His ear what you want for Christmas. There's a school of thought within Christianity that would take the satisfying provision of God in Christ to mean that God wants to give you in this world full health, full wealth, full prosperity. It is the idea that God satisfies you with earthly ease and wealth. This teaching is explicit in some circles, but in others it's just implicit. It's just implied. It is assumed that God's aim is to make you happy. But God's aim is not to make you happy. At least not in the short term. It's to satisfy you with what you truly need, which is God Himself. 
So whenever you hear this thought or find yourself mouthing this nonsense, know that it is not of the Lord. It is evil. It is of the enemy. It is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ to teach that God's aim is to make you happy and healthy and wealthy. So many people have been led astray and I've heard it so often. I know you've heard it as well. People will follow the way of sin because in their mind, their logic is God wants me to be happy. And this is what will make me happy now. So would not God want me to follow this path? Yes, Jesus is compassionate. Yes, Jesus is powerful. Yes, Jesus will satisfy us. But if you think the prayer of faith is going to give you more earthly goods to love, then you don't understand the nature of faith. For the kingdom comes first as a seed, first as the cross, to be embraced, believing that later a harvest comes, later the crown comes. Faith is the means by which you have assurance that God will satisfy you in Christ Jesus now and forevermore. The provision of the kingdom of God does not mean that the Father is a bank account, that Jesus is an ATM and prayer is your debit card. Right? You just put in the PIN number. F-A-I-T-H. And then you can withdraw all the goods that you want. It is idolatry. And it's spread throughout our churches. And we are like those spoken of in James 5. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. The provision of the kingdom is not aimed at earthly comfort, but rather it is aimed at causing us to find our full and complete satisfaction in God alone. We are to love the giver and not the gift. This is exemplified for us in the people of Israel as they were wandering in the desert following the exodus from Egypt. If you remember, God gave to them miracle bread. God gave to them manna from heaven. So God was compassionate upon them and powerfully sent them this bread, a miracle to feed his people. But why did God do this? Why did he feed them with manna from heaven? Well, we learn in Deuteronomy chapter eight, Moses says to the people of Israel, God humbled you and let you hunger And fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Why? That he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is what is truly satisfying. This is what your soul truly needs. Why did God give his people bread? So that they would see that it is not the bread that they need, but God that they need. Our ultimate need is not to be fed with earthly bread, but to be fed by the word of God. And all of God's provision is aimed at that. To show us our need for him. To show us that he is the true satisfaction that our hearts desire. We must be ever so careful that we do not confuse our love for what God has given to us. For God himself. Because the gifts of God will never satisfy if they don't lead you to Christ. And so, 
without Christ will just consume food and money and cars and homes and movies and video games and toys and whatever else we crave. We'll eat and eat and eat. We'll stay up all night to finish the game. We'll work extra hours to get the car. We'll wake up early to buy the toys. But none of these things will satisfy our hearts. And so the Lord leads us to a desolate place. He humbles us. He lets us feel hunger. And then He satisfies all our needs in Christ Jesus. In John chapter 6, Jesus tells us, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. Oh, that you would taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, that you would stop eating the bread that perishes and eat the bread that gives eternal life. God will provide for our needs. He will not give us a stone when we need bread. He will not give us a serpent when we ask for a fish. He knows your needs. He knows that you have earthly needs and He will provide for them. But His ultimate aim is not that you would have a full belly, but that you would have a soul that is filled with the fullness of God. And so know that God has provided for you the only gift that will satisfy. For He has provided the bread of heaven, our Savior Jesus Christ, given to all who come to Him and receive Him in faith alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we come to you in this moment, in this hour, that we might be fed what truly satisfies our hearts. That we might be filled with the fullness of God. O Lord, we pray that you would provide For the needs of those who are gathered here, oh, you are so compassionate. You rain down upon the just and the unjust. You provide bread and food for your children. But we pray that in all of this, that our loves would not be confused. And that we would be led to find our satisfaction in Christ alone. It's in his name that we do pray. Amen.